0: Uh, Thank you so much for coming, and I want to say a very warm welcome to those who are joining us online too, on the catch-up there on YouTube. It's uh, great to have you uh, listening in to what we're doing. And uh, for all of us, this is a special day. Uh, uh, Those of us who have been here in person will have heard that it's a special day because it's what we're calling Vision Sunday. Now, that's not to say that 51 weeks of the year the church can exist without vision uh, no, not at all. Every every week is a Vision Sunday. Uh, we, we lay out the vision of what it means to follow Jesus. We lay out the vision of what it means to surrender our lives to him. We we'll lay out the vision of the empowerment of God's Holy Spirit in our lives. So that's a, a weekly kind of vision. But Vision Sunday, at least in my thinking, and I want to share with you and Heather too, is a, an opportunity, like once a year, when we kind of say... You know, this is where we kind of see the church going uh, in this next year, 2022, as it stands here at the moment. And when I say kind of, uh, you would be a very brave person to be able to utterly predict what life is going to throw at you. Uh, How many pastors stood where I stood at the end of 2019? I had no idea what was coming in March of 2020. And so uh, we are, yes, we have a sense of vision. I'm going to share it with you. But we are very much open to uh, God's direction as as, as things come and things change. Is that okay? Now, most of the people who are here present have masks on. So you're going to have to do a bit more nodding and a bit of kind of thumbs up and that kind of stuff so that I know that you're actually smiling behind that mask of yours. Uh, Or someone's going to have to invent a completely clear mask. Right, so that we can see it, one or two of you got that, that, that's brilliant. So uh, I just want to say too, if you're here for the very first time and you're joining us, you might think, oh well, why did I come and be Vision Sunday? Well, let me just say that you're not here by accident. Uh, I believe that whatever motivated you to get here today, whatever motivated you to join us online, uh, you're not here by accident, you're not watching by accident, God's got something to say to you. God has got something to encourage in you, and I believe that uh, if you if you're here present and your heart responds, you can be part of this vision that we have at Harvest Church. There's a place for everyone and in fact if everyone doesn't get in their place division's not going to get any further than just being a printout frankly so uh, and we'll get to that just uh, in a moment or two now i did say that it's not in isolation because over uh, for those of you who've been with us over the past few months heather and i have been here this is our 21st sunday uh, in uh, our time here so yeah For those of you online, the congregation are applauding. I think that's because the surprise—we're still here. I'm not sure. (laughs) I'm not quite sure why you're applauding that. But 21 weeks in, and uh, we've spent a lot of that time getting to know you, getting to know the church, getting to know the area, uh, praying, reflecting, talking to other church leaders, just getting the whole kind of thing, uh, talking through with our own elders and deacons and ministry leaders, so that we've got a sense that this is God's direction for us. And I could literally talk for two hours on it, but I'm not, so I'm only going to give you the headlines. Helen and I will share it uh, in in the next things. It's not an isolation, because a message that we've been bringing consistently from day one is that God can do and will do more than you can ask, more than you can think, more than you can imagine. And a challenge for us as believers is that so often we limit what God wants to do inside our own framework you may not say that but we act it in other words here's another way of putting it uh, i expect god to do what god can do but i expect him only to do it, it to the ceiling that my mind can think of it that makes sense so that is a problem because it limits god to your past experience but he can do more than you can ask think or imagine not only can he do it He wants to do it. He wants to bless you. And for the last three or four weeks, we've been looking at the prayer of Jabez. We were digging right into that. Lord, would you bless me? Would you multiply the fruit of my work, my labors, and so on? So this is the kind of context in which we are wanting to share here. I loved, and I shared it during the week for those of you who follow us on social media, uh, Proverbs 29, verse 18 from the message paraphrase. When we attend to what God reveals, we are most blessed. I love that. When we attend to what God reveals, we are most blessed. So what I'm sharing with you, what Heather and I are going to share with you, is a pathway to blessing. Because when you get engaged in what God is doing, it's only blessing. Yeah, there's hard work and you have to roll up your sleeves and all that stuff. Absolutely. But it's a road to blessing. It's something that will do me good. It's something that will do you good more than even you can imagine. Now, uh, have you ever been in a situation where you needed to use the sat-nav in your car or on your phone or something like that. Uh, Some of you, I can look around here, well, remember the good old days when you had to have a map book in your car, right? I know young people are going askance, scans a map book. What's that? Because they, they, they don't hardly exist anymore. But you used to have to carry a map book in the, the glove compartment, and it was a cause of much, much, much grief between husbands and wives. Because <laughs> uh, whoever was driving would be getting very angry with the person who was looking at the map, because usually when you're reading that physical map, it was turn left two minutes ago, <laughs> right? And, and all of that kind of stuff. Now sat nav is supposed to have solved all that. Isn't it? But I know people in my family, I won't say who they are, right, who will argue with the SATNAV, okay? And uh, they'll say, I know the SATNAV is saying we should go down left and right there or whatever, but I'm going straight ahead because I know better than the, the SATNAV, yeah. okay? It's me, okay. (laughs) I have to say that because my wife is getting redder and redder with it, and I don't, I don't, I don't think it's the love that's coming this way. So I've got that thing. In fact, we had a little experience of this even yesterday. We went into the centre of Glasgow to have a wander round Trongate and Gallagate and all that kind of stuff, just kind of reacquainting myself with the Glasgow that I know from when I was around 30-odd 30 30 odd years ago, so it's changed a lot, we were wandering around, and we had to find our way back to the car, and I was saying to Heather, it's over there, we need to turn right and walk through this and that, and the next thing, and she said, no, it's off to the left. I'm telling you, it's through there, we, we walked that way, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, long story short, we had to get the sat-nav out, you know, and put it on the map, and I won't say who was right. <laughs> Because you don't need me to tell you, obviously, who was right in there. Now, what's this got to do with vision and all this? So I think the sat a lovely little kind of illustration of what we're, we're doing here. Because when you plug in your satnav and you put in your destination, two things happen. One, you get a general sense of direction, don't you? Whether you look at the map and you think, well, I'm going north, east, south, or west. You kind of get a general kind of gist. You get a general kind of how many miles it is and you get a general kind of what resources are going to be needed you know i need to get more fuel or whatever and we need packets of crisps because it's a long journey and all that kind of stuff so you get a kind of general picture but then of course when you set out in that journey you get the step-by-step detail so what we're trying to do in this kind of vision presentation is that those two things firstly just a kind of general picture A big picture, if you like, of where we want to go. And then some detail on some of the directions that are in there. And even more, some of those details will only unfold as time goes on. Because we haven't got time to go into every detail of that. Is that okay? Is that fine? Okay, so let me jump straight in then. uh, On this very first thing. So the, the very first sense of direction. Now, since this church was founded in the year 2000, 19 years and a wee bit older, several themes have been at the core and the direction of the uh, the church. Uh, They came from our founding pastors. And I know that every pastor since then has had these verses, these concepts, these ideas at the center of their idea of the ministry that would be Harvest Church. So very briefly, uh, it's based on commandments from Jesus, uh, that, that form a kind of sense of direction for us as his people for the church. Okay, so uh, Jesus gave us two commandments. You remember this in Matthew 22:37 to 39. Jesus said this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So that's called. Those are called the two commands that Jesus gave that are to be. He wasn't speaking to a church, was he? He was speaking to believers. So he's speaking to you individually and me too. That you love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind, and love your neighbour as you love yourself. And this, then, in addition to those two commands, we have the great commission. So we call them the great commands. We have the great commission to partner with that, and you'll know that too. It's in Matthew's Gospel, 28, a few chapters on. Uh, 19 and 20 it says go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them uh, in the in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit and teaching them to obey everything that i have commanded you so we've got this these two things they have been at the very center of what harvest was formed around Uh, those of you who are members here will know that as you went through the member classes You you dug into those in quite a lot of detail. Uh, And those of you who want to be members in the future, you're going to hear these verses over and over again too. Uh, uh, Great loves and this great commandment. So these form the core of what we're doing. Now, as I was praying about this for us, as harvest, in, in this season... I was asking God, well, what do you want to breathe into? Because, I mean, the church has been doing those three things for 2,000 years. Uh, Harvest has been doing them for 19 years. Is there something you want to just kind of breathe into in this season? And what I heard, and it's subsequently been kind of uh, agreed by the elders and the, and the leaders as we have talked it through, is a sense, and I mentioned this on a Sunday a few weeks ago, a sense that God would l- want us to have a more careful focus on the first of those two commands to love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul. And, uh, and a phrase that we can use for that is to minister to the Lord. That was a phrase that kind of came and I had to Google it and read it and go into the scripture. And you find the, uh, there's, there's verse upon verse upon verse about what it means to minister to the Lord. And what it means is that, very briefly, that for us as believers is that the number one thing in our, our life is that our hearts are turn towards god and our voice we are using to number one to minister to him And, and what i mean by that is that we get to prayer and worship and the number one thing we're doing in our prayer and our worship is lifting jesus up lifting our father up lifting the holy spirit up lifting him up not that we're trying to get anything but first and foremost, that we are focused on lifting him up. Does that kind of make sense uh, yes. to you? Uh, that's actually harder than it sounds, because I don't want As soon as I start praying, and we had a good practice with prayer 24-7, we had an hour, it doesn't take long and I'm saying, yeah, Jesus, you're amazing, the Holy Spirit, you're powerful, all, all those things. Uh, it very, I very quickly find myself asking for things. Uh, but in, in this focus, it's not wrong to ask for things, of course, But in this little focus, it's first and foremost. Let's just worship him for who he is. Not expecting to, in the first instance, to come and make a big list of things that we want him to do. That can come number two, of course. And we should pray for things. And we absolutely will do for that. But first and foremost, I want us to... Honor God. So in trying to capture this in a way that, you know, you have to remember all these Bible verses and all the rest of it. You'll see on the little card that you have in in front of you there, how I've tried to capture this in a, a few sentences. So our vision is to honor God, build each other up, and to serve our neighbors with compassion and generosity. You see on the screen and on the little card there. Our vision is this, to honour God, build each other up, and to serve our neighbours with compassion and generosity. And I believe if we do those three things and we unpack them all as we go on, we will be doing justice to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind, love your neighbour as yourself, and to go and make disciples in Jesus' name. Okay, so are you with me so far? so that's the kind of general kind of gist of direction and i'm I'm sure there's no surprises there because you know anybody doing this in any life-giving church would be uh, focused on here so what i want to do now is to jump into some of the priorities that i'd love us to focus on in this next season Uh, we're kind of thinking 2022 but it could be longer it could be shorter who knows Uh, but we're we're kind of going in, in that direction what that might look like. So how, how we have kind of worked this out, we're going to share six priorities that we want to have in this next season. We'll share the priority. I'll tell you about it in a second, and it's on the little card in front of you. Then we've written a little sentence about what that would look like if everybody was doing it. And then we've got some practical things to point out that uh, that will help us to get there. Okay, so that's how we're going to go, and I'll explain it as we go. So priority number one for Harvest Church in this season is this. Number one Putting first things first. And what will that look like? That, If we're all doing it, that would look like all of us ministering to the Lord in worship and prayer. This is the priority, ministering to the Lord as our first priority. As I said a moment or two ago, I'm still exploring myself what that really means. But it's been a wonderful journey thus far, exploring. Um, it's so amazing. And I just want us to really have a focus I want Harvest Church to be known as a church that puts God first in all things, of course, but I, that part of our DNA, part of our experience as we gather on Sundays and all other places at other times is that it's absolutely obvious that our heart's intent is to put God first and to honour him first and above all things. So, practical speaking, how are we going to do that? Well, we, we started already. We are going to host what we're calling Fresh Encounter Evenings. They're on the first Wednesday of each month. Uh, so the next one, it's not in December, the next one's in January. We're going to go through January through Easter and just give it a go. Uh, we'll meet on the first Wednesday of each month. So if you're in a life group, you'll, we'll begin into a cycle of uh, first Wednesday. We'll be meeting together all here probably for Fresh Encounter and then life groups for the three or four weeks until the next first of the month. But when we come together in that, as we had a few weeks ago, the focus is prayer and worship uh, prophecy and so on the uh, gifts of the spirit around this idea of putting God absolutely first secondly we are going to continue to plan seasons of prayer and fasting we just completed uh, two weeks two and a bit weeks of prayer and fasting it was, was those of you who are taking part I get look, testimonies coming in from you it, it's been a wonderful uh, time We've seen breakthrough in so many areas. We've seen breakthrough in healings. We've seen breakthrough in financial situations for people. We've seen breakthrough in people's businesses, which is really wonderful. We've seen a salvation breakthrough. Even last weekend, four people last weekend gave their life to the Lord in, under the ministry that we were doing on a Sunday. It's amazing. You know, Now, does that stuff happen all the time? Yes, it can. But something seems to happen when we focus our energy on prayer and and fasting particularly. So we'll have seasons of that through the whole year. I'm not expecting you to fast every day for the whole year. Um, But maybe that's a word from the Lord. I don't know. But uh, but we'll have seasons of uh, uh, fasting and we'll have seasons of feasting. And uh, really, just want to consciously encourage all of us to be ministering to the Lord anytime we get together for prayer. So, when we gather in our engine room on Friday morning, it's not the whole subject matter of what we pray for. We do want to pray for people in situations, but we're going to start by putting Him first. We're going to honour God and minister to Him. So, that's priority number one. Priority number two is this inviting people into faith. What will that look like? Well, that looks like all of us inviting others to meet Jesus. Now, this is predicated on a mindset thing that we have to get in our head. It's predicated on the mindset that everybody you could meet, no matter what their life circumstances, whether they be really good or really bad, uh, or anywhere in between, which is usually the situation, isn't it? That no matter who you meet, their life will be better with Jesus than without him. You see, we have a tendency to think that if someone's got a nice house, two Range Rovers, a Labrador, a wife, and 2.2 children, i think 2.2 seems to be the favoured number. Um, When someone's got all of that, they don't actually need Jesus. But the fact is that everybody's life is better with Jesus than without him. Not least for the fact that there's an eternity connected to following Jesus. And so your neighbours, your friends your family, your work colleagues, the people you bump into in the shops, the people you bump into when you go to the printers or whatever, the hairdressers or wherever you go, wherever we go, the people all around, us we we must get in our heart and our head that their life will be better with Jesus than without him. Takes a bit of thinking to get that really getting going Uh, because we have been programmed, okay? The, The enemy does an absolutely fantastic job of making us embarrassed about talking warmly about our faith we think well if they've got a problem they'll come and talk to me and when they've got a problem they will introduce Jesus no 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 everybody's life is better with Jesus Without them. That's a predicated truth in this. So, this puts arms and legs on that great commission I mentioned earlier that we go to all people everywhere, whenever we can, using whatever means we can, to tell them and to show them the good news of Jesus in ways that give them the opportunity to explore for themselves what it means or it might mean for them to surrender their lives to Christ. I love the Living Bible's paraphrase of 2 Corinthians 5 17. This was the very first verse I learned when I became a Christian age 17 when someone becomes a christian he or she becomes a brand new person inside he or she is not the same anymore a new life has begun that's amazing isn't it and god has given us believers the privilege of urging everyone to come into his favor and be reconciled to him we have the privilege of inviting others to do that so that's our challenge Practically speaking, how are we going to do that? Well, friends, I would want us to, more than ever before, it's not that it's not been there, but more than ever before, to develop a culture around here in Harvest where you can confidently invite your friend on Sunday and you know that they're not going to be embarrassed and you won't be embarrassed. You know, we've been working on this for years and years and years and we're going to continue to do so. It's absolutely in my heart and in Heather's heart and the team's heart Absolutely, that we want to have a Sunday experience where you could bring your non-Christian family member, you could bring you know all the people that you're talking to during the week, any of them could come and they would find something for their life and that would encourage them and strengthen them and help them. You up for that? Yeah. You know, it's the church is not just for us, it's for everyone. And so we, we want to shape it around that way. That's why we go to uh, expense to produce all these invitations, you know, for Christmas and so on. You so, say, well, why do we need all this? I can just tell somebody. No, we need to get a thousand invitations out there. Why? Because everybody's life is better with Jesus than without Him. And if you will invite your friends and your family, uh, whoever, uh, to come, the one thing that we can promise you is that we'll have done our part to make sure that when they get here on Christmas, on the 19th of December, as it turns out, that they will really enjoy it. Honestly, there won't be any cringe factor in there. You won't be thinking. You won't be sat there thinking, "Oh man, what's coming next?" No, absolutely. You can be confident, and that's the culture that we want to to build. An invitation where not just the special Sundays, but every Sunday, we can confidently bring our friends and family to come and hear about Jesus. Second priority, uh, second kind of action on that priority is that we're going to relaunch our Alpha uh, experience early in 2022, towards the end of January next year, focused on guests from our Christmas events. So here's a wee bit of logic that we have to work out. If we're going to have Love. guests in Alpha at the end Love. of January from our Christmas events, who do we need to come to the Christmas events? Guests. Okay. i well, shall we try that again? Okay. If we need, and if we want, and I do, an Alpha full of people who came as guests at Christmas... What do we need at Christmas? Yes. Guests. Absolutely. So let's go to it. Let's get out there. Let's in invite. We've got those lovely cards. I'm carrying a little wad of these tiny ones, the little business card size ones. You can pick them up in the foyer on the way out or you can see them on, online on the, uh, the Facebook page. I'm just carrying them. So I've been all over the place this week, uh, you know, uh, uh, different shops and stuff. I just saying, oh, just thanks so much. Can I just invite you to there? There's a QR code. You can sign up. Just get, let's just get inviting so that we can invite those folks in. And thirdly, and finally on this one, we want to host baptism services three or four times next year so that those who have come to faith can experience what it means to be baptized. So individually and together, we're engaged in the Great Commission. Priority number three, and then I'm going to hand over to Heather for a moment or two, is this, is growing the church family. And what does that look like? That looks like all of us, engaged engaging in our vibrant church family what uh, this is a joy to belong to harvest isn't it those of us who are are part of the family here Uh, it's wonderful Paul calls the church the household of God he calls it part of God's household and I think this is a dimension that we should continue to develop and develop further one commentator on this theme puts it really succinctly and I, I love this the church is not like family it is family God is literally our father. Jesus is literally our elder brother. We are literally brothers and sisters in Christ. Come on. Okay, Look around. You've got some strange looking brothers and sisters. But we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. Family is the primary way the early church described themselves. And so what does that mean for us? Well, what does a family do? A family builds a home into which everyone is welcomed. And it has a table around which people can set the kind of two concepts here. So we have an opportunity to invest in growing our community into even more an intergenerational uh, family of many nations... Uh, with diverse people of different ages and cultures and so on even this morning in our pre-prayer meeting there was a prophetic word about this sense of the nations coming to being in the church here and, and i love that I, whole idea that god will bring a diverse bunch of people together to be and we're excited about that and we warmly want to warmly invite others into that experience so practically speaking then what does that look like for 2022 well there's a few things here the first First is that we're going to work towards moving into our new building and I'm carefully calling it our new building rather than our new home because this is what I sense God is saying to us is that we have to create home and then take it to our building you see when people come and become part of harvest they're not joining a building are they evident I mean it's obvious but it's very easy to get thinking That when we get into our new home, that a new, a place, that everything will fall into place. But actually, there's a thing to happen first. And the thing that has to happen first is that we create a home. And home is that place where we invite people together. And whether we are based here in this building, we can create home, can't we? And when we are ready, when we get ready to move to our new building, we can make that our home too. Now, I know you want to know a little bit about progress on the building, so very, very briefly, because I haven't got a lot of time here. Two kind of streams of things are happening right at the moment. One, uh, the folks of Harvest know this. If you're online, you might not already know this. We have been going through some uh, building and planning processes and stuff with engineering drawings and all that kind of stuff, which takes ages. So it's been it's slower than we would have liked it to be. But we, we need to do those uh, all that kind of processes properly. We, uh, uh, we've got all of our applications in now with all the right drawings and all the rest of it. And uh, as far as we're, we're aware, the people at the council now are really on the money, as it were, on that and, and working it through. So there's a process that has to happen then. We've uh, engaged a professional architect who is giving us uh, detailed breakdown over these network we had a meeting on friday even just to kind of see what progress is so over the next few months these things take months not hours Um, we're going to be getting a detailed breakdown of all the next phases that need to happen we've gone through phase one and phase two and we're getting ready for the next phase so we're waiting for that detail to be coming from the professionals and then we can make the decisions that are required to get moving but there's many more months of building work to go on in the, the building, so it's not going to happen soon, it's going to take some time. Alongside that kind of stream of the kind of building and planning and all the rest of it are financial things that have to fall in place. Uh, we could spend millions on that building, uh, we, honestly we could, uh, because you can spec it to whatever you want, but we can only spend the money we've got. Uh, you know that we have applied for a mortgage to help us, uh, that's been approved but uh, we can't release the money from that mortgage until all this planning thing happens, so this track has to release that track, and when that track's released, then we can take away the number you first thought of and all those things are are all there. So I just want you to be assured that we're making progress as quickly as we can on this. My own heart on it, uh, and I shared this with the leaders last week, is that we shouldn't rush it. You see, a mindset can come into play which is, oh man, we just gotta get in there and anything will do. You know. But i'm sensing god's saying to us anything won't do we want it to be brilliant we want it to be that when we get in there eventually that we go in and we say wow and we know that this is a great building in which to host our home going back to that home thing we've created a sense of home we invite people into harvest and we're inviting them home they come and join the family and then that building will come there so that that's the building thing i hope that's an encouragement to you just keep praying on it and we'll keep uh, pressing through the second thing practically uh, in terms of the family is that we want to encourage next generations to increasingly play their part Uh, by that i mean children and youth and young adults you're going to see them more and more taking part in all the stuff that's going on here. Heather and I very much have at heart that young people should be engaged and involved in what we're doing, rather than kind of siphoned off somewhere, Um, but very much involved in it. And so over these next months, you're going to see more and more of the the, the kind of younger generations, younger than me, and that's quite a few of them are younger than me, uh, involved in what we're going to do there. So that's really exciting. I'm thrilled about that. Thirdly, we're going to continue to develop and strengthen the value of Sunday gathering, our life groups, our serving, and our giving. Those are kind of four dimensions of what it means to be family, and we'll unpack those uh, in in weeks to come. And number five, we want to plan to have some fun together. Okay, as you hear online, this is not the fun-filled family we're looking for just yet. (laughs) <laughs> and why, why do we need to have fun as part of all this? I think people have got enough of a burden without coming to church and having it screwed down on them. I think when people come to church, they want to know that we are people who are full of joy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, some amens here, okay? That, uh, that our life is better with Jesus and without him. Yeah. Okay? And uh, if they follow Jesus as we follow Jesus and replicate our lives, it will be a happier, funnier better life than the life they've got now okay yeah okay and I'm praying that for you as well okay yeah it's just we need to get that kind of fun component in there and there's nothing better than organized fun okay and we'll we'll do our best to, to organize that over these next things so that's me for the moment I'm going to hand over to Heather who's going to pick up on priorities number four and five so would you put your hands together and
1: welcome her thank you Good morning, folks. It's so good to see you. Isn't it great to be in church this morning? I'm so glad to be in church this morning. Who would have known 12 months ago that we would have been here as part of this family? And we are so glad that we are. Okay, priority four is coming up. Okay, here it is. Maybe you'd like to say this together, the bit in the red. Okay, priority four. Encouraging spiritual formation. Okay, what does that mean? It means everyone taking their next step on their discipleship journey this year i am i am celebrating i'm celebrating 40 years i'm not 40 but celebrating 40 years of being a christian and what a journey it's been and what spiritual formation has taken place because of jesus I love the fact that in a morning, when I sit with this every morning, that there is fresh bread for my soul. There's wisdom, there's direction, it's fantastic. I love the fact that what started off as a bit of a discipline in prayer has become absolute delight, that wherever I am, I can talk to my father, I can commune with him and he talks back to me. I love that. I love that along the way I've discovered that I have spiritual gifts and you have spiritual gifts. I've discovered all manner of things, you know, I've discovered when I discovered speaking in tongues, my, what an experience that was. Um, incredible but great power, Uh, words of knowledge, leadership, teaching, all manner of things that I didn't even know existed when I became a Christian. I've discovered the joy of belonging to church family where iron sharpens iron and where I'm learning from you lot and you're learning from me. I love that. I love that even in the few months we've been here, getting along to Life Group. There have been some proper gems dropped into my spirit just from being with the people of god spiritual formation is a great journey but here's the thing we all have to take responsibility for our own spiritual walk don't we i can't receive rhema for you every day from this word i can only do that for myself so we have to take personal responsibility for our spiritual walk but also We as a church take very seriously the equipping of all of you for your spiritual formation. What does that mean? It means whether you're you're barely starting out or whether you've been a Christian lots and lots of years, we want to make sure that wherever you are on your journey, you are being equipped and you know what your next step is that will help you grow and discover more of Jesus. So what are we going to do practically about that? Well, first of all, I want to encourage you with a word from God's word, okay? Uh, Philippians 3, verse 12, Paul said, not that I've already attained all this, okay? However holy you are, there's more to go. There's a reminder. Not that I've already attained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Jesus Christ took hold of me. Isn't that good news? That there's more for all of us in Jesus. So what are we going to do in 2022? What are we going to do to encourage spiritual formation? First of all, we're going to work on continuing to develop a discipleship track, unpacking the journey to being a free and fully devoted follower of Jesus. So that means it might be courses, classes, great teaching that will become familiar to us all so that we all know okay, this is my next step. If somebody is, if you bring your friend and they say yes to Jesus this morning, you know, oh, I could point them in the direction of a baptism class or here's where they could go and find out about spiritual disciplines. It could be that you got a bit stuck and struggling in your spiritual walk where you know that there's there's some freedom ministry that you can go and take. Uh, It could be about equipping you as a kingdom ambassador so that in the workplace, you're better equipped. Or it could be that you're, you know, you're equipped as a leader in this church. Uh, We're going to be developing a discipleship track track so that everybody on their journey can continue to experience greater freedom and become more fully devoted as a follower of Jesus. We also want to prioritise life-giving and planned Bible teaching on a Sunday. If it was left to us, you'd get all our favourite topics, okay? Okay. But we want to make sure that you as the people of God are receiving a balanced diet from God's word. And so as we plan, as we pray, planning and life-giving go together, hey folks, they're not separate. Uh, as we plan and as we play, we're going to make sure that we're going to do all that, we, all that we can to equip us as the people of God to grow in the many facets that belong to the Christian journey. Thirdly, we're going to continue to connect life group ministries with Sunday as a primary way of applying God's Word. Currently, what that means is that when people go along to life groups, Uh, One of the the components of Life Group, apart from connecting and getting to pray together and do life together, is that we apply God's word. We take what we've heard on Sunday and we talk about it together and uh, we sharpen each other with it and we grow in God because of that. So we want to continue to connect Life Group Ministries with Sunday teaching. And fourthly, we want to bring leaders together for training and equipping for growth. Our leaders in this house are a precious, amazing bunch of people who sew in week in, week out to the lives of people in this church. And we want to make sure that all of our leaders have opportunity to be sewed into, to be ministered to, to be equipped, to be blessed. So that as their soul prospers, so all of our souls prosper. That's good news, isn't it? Okay, I've got a really quick one here. As I was listening to the Lord this morning, this is about spiritual formation. I just sensed that there are some people here who need to dig some old wells from which you've experienced life in the past. If that applies to you, just think about it. What's given you life in the past? What is it that, that God wants to stir up in you again? And I sensed that there was a lady here who owns a red dress? Okay, there's some connection with that dress and your past. And God is encouraging you that you've been holding on to it and the past that it represents for too long. It's time to let it go because what He's got for you is so much better than you could even realize. Okay, moving on. You're ready for point five? Yeah. Point five is about proclaiming freedom. I love in that this is about all of us serving others with compassion and generosity. This is about how we're going to serve our wider community. I love the manifesto of Jesus in Luke chapter 4 where he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, and to set free the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. What we see in this manifesto of Jesus is a whole gamut of human experience that Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, came to address. He spoke about the poor, the blind, those who were oppressed, those who were in captivity, those who were in debt, a whole gamut of human experience. Now we are so thankful at this church that we've already got a great foundation where we've got a community action team who've been serving our community, kids club, food bank partnerships, holiday clubs and so much more. We're so thankful and next week we're going to have opportunity to say thank you to Sammy for leading that amazing team also in our history we've had community outreach opportunities where we have chose to engage in our communities in all kinds of ways through events we want to build on those great foundations but here's the thing the locus of our church is about to move it's about to move into the center of hamilton god is giving us a bigger remit a broader sphere across the cityscape of Hamilton and the surrounding regions, it's like he's taking us to the next level from where we've been before. And so that means that in this next season, we have opportunity to seek the Lord again on how he wants us to engage in our community, that broader community, ministries that bring freedom across a whole broad spectrum can you imagine christian well-being christian freedom for the people of hamilton can you imagine that can you imagine better physical health spiritual health emotional health mental health vocational health Financial health. Am I getting an amen for this? Can you imagine this for Hamilton, a broader sphere? Can you imagine social action ministries that we'll engage with and social justice ministries that take us right to the root of some of the issues? Can you imagine us engaging in primary ministries where we're meeting needs on the front line and where also we develop further partnerships where we're able to signpost people to organisations that can really help. Imagine a satellite, a kind of hub and spokes kind of picture where the centre is our building in Key Street, but there are ministries dotted all over wherever they're needed across the whole of our cityscape Hamilton. This is exciting. The needs are endless and so what we want to do is we want to discover what it is that God wants us to do. In our hands, we have a number of skilled experienced people across a broad range of disciplines within this house we've got healthcare professionals social workers counselors experienced community volunteers that you hold a wealth of information about this community and how it can be served and so in order to get ready to proclaim freedom in 2022 here's what we're going to do in january we're going to form a team Of those people to take a a strategic view of this particular ministry area of how we can serve our communities better and what we're going to do is we're going to do that piece of work together we're going to come up with some recommendations and then at easter we're going to present those recommendations to the elders and then from that point onwards we're going to begin to implement key ministries identified through that strategic review. I say begin because we can do that as we have resources, have, we, have people, finance, and space. And so we're gonna do them in a sensible way so that we don't you know, go in a big blast and flurry and then fizzle out. We're not gonna do that. We're gonna plan well together. Are you excited about the possibility that we're gonna be proclaiming freedom across our cityscape for the glory of the name of jesus amen. amen back over to david we're nearly there folks we're nearly there
0: thank you, you take that. brilliant okay now uh, how are you doing good. okay good right so let's just before i give you number six just do what the boxer does before they get in the ring you know you, know, you kind of <laughs> get your shoulders a bit going you know because like you're know, getting ready for yeah. a bit of action okay we're nearly there come on if you're doing that at home I can't tell you how strange you look Okay, right. so uh, priority number six our final one for this six and, you, and as I say if you're following on a little card you'll already see this so priority number six is this reaching further and that will look like all of us, everyone supporting global mission and church planting the fact is that we dear friends are amongst the richest people in the world, okay. If you've got one pound twenty nine pence to your name, one pound twenty nine pence, you are in the richest five percent of people on the globe. Wow. So that comes with a responsibility, and that responsibility is for us to be thinking about other people, and uh, as, we, as we do, and we'll continue to do. So we, as part of that, we want to reach and support missions across the the globe. We are doing our part to reach lost people across the city, region, the nation, and the nations. Uh, You you may know, you might not know, but uh, Harvest Church is part of a denomination. We are part of a denomination called Assemblies of God, which is wonderful. It's a Pentecostal uh, uh, denomination. Uh, You can read up about it online if you want to find out more about that. But one of the driving kind of... uh, Forces at the moment in AOG, both nationally and here in Scotland, nationally, is a desire to plant more churches, new churches in this next season. And so we want to be part of that too. The the AOG mission team describes this kind of movement uh, as one in which we discover, develop and deploy the missional pulse in our people. So the missional pulse that you have, not all of us are going to go to faraway countries. Most of us are going to go to our neighborhoods. But some of you, God's already put it in your heart to be a church planter. You could be a leader in a church that's planted either in this region, this nation, or further afield. And we're going to be praying into that over this next season. See, the mission can be the mission over the road, or it can be the mission over borders. And we really want to give attention to that. So practically speaking, four things we're going to do in this area, and I'll finish with this. Firstly, we are going to commit 10% of all of our income to defined missional activities. So money that comes from your giving and from other places into the life of the church, which isn't tied up and focused on, for example, the building or a specific thing that people give for we are going to tithe that as it were as you tithe and bring your gifts so harvest as a church we are committing uh, to tithe all of our uh, unattributed uh, uh, income uh, towards mission we're going to some work to do what, what the definition of all that means and so on but uh, we're, that's definitely that's agreed we're, we're moving that forward in this next financial year number two Oh, there's not a lot of energy for that, is there? You think, that, that's massive, okay? Because if you know what... Well, I've got your land this, okay? What does tithing do for, for me and for you? It breaks the bondage of selfishness, amongst a load of other things. What does tithing do to a church? It breaks the bondage of selfishness. It breaks the bondage of it's all about us. It breaks the bondage of we can improve everything for us it keeps our heart absolutely pure on as god gives to us as individuals we return to him the tithe and then give gifts and above to that. And that's, what the, that's the spirit we want for the church. Okay, I could do a whole talk on that. We'll come back to it some other time, I'm sure. Number one. <laughs> number two, let's continue to nurture our mission partnerships at home and abroad. We have got partners all over the world uh, and all over Scotland too. And we want to continue to develop those and nurture those in this next season. Uh, number three, we want to partner with uh, Assemblies of God Scotland to see how we can be part of the National Church Planting initiative, um, which is 2023 and beyond. Now, you don't plant churches in 10 minutes. You have to start thinking years out of what you want to do. So we want to be part of that conversation. I have no idea whether that means we'll we'll do it or not, but I absolutely feel that that we should be part of the conversation at, at this. We are one of the larger AOG churches in Scotland. And so, again, with that tremendous privilege to us comes a responsibility to be thinking What can we do to reach other people even more effectively? And the fourth thing, uh, practically speaking, in this global picture, and and we've put it in here, it may fit someone else better, I don't know, but number four is we want to care for our global environment better. And we're going to commission a group from within the church here to research and help us to see how we can become a more eco-friendly church than we are right now. it's evident isn't it even from cop 26 and all that stuff that's coming there this is going to be increasingly an issue in our culture and we can sit around and ignore it and 10 years from now be completely out of whack or we can get engaged with it right now and think about how we can be in the front of leading that so that's that's where we want to go with that so there you have it there's our six priorities putting first things first inviting people into faith growing the church family encouraging spiritual formation proclaiming freedom and reaching further and now you've realised that they all start with a letter F okay that's church for you okay if the the headings don't all have the same letter it's not from God okay so you've you've got all that there these are I'm not joking aside these are what we sense that the Lord is saying for us so we have a question now and the question is this so what yeah well so what yeah that's great we've got something written down what we're we going to do about it well i think that two things have to happen usually you hear me talking about when, when we read the word we have to have a transfer from our head to our heart but when it comes to vision we have to go the other way around we have to and we will right now we're going to ask the worship team to come and prepare to, to lead us again we have to start with our heart and start asking ourselves right now god what are you wanting me to, no, I don't mean do, because that's a head thing we'll work out in tick boxes and all that. But what is it you're saying to me right now? There's a heart response to happen. And then a second thing is a head response. We need to work out all the kind of practical ways that we can do this. But just as we conclude, let me just say to you why I think it's essential that we have a vision. Why it's essential that we have this inner kind of thinking. Well, there's a number of reasons. First. It keeps us focused. One of the things that came through in the last uh, four months, five months, as Heather and I have been meeting with leaders and so on, is that uh, I put it like this. So forgive me if this is not helpful, but I put it like this. We have lots of good people doing good things, but not all focused in the same direction. And when I was praying about it after we had our consultation meetings uh, earlier in the year, uh, the Lord gave me a kind of picture which is if you can imagine you're looking from above and there's a massive big metal ring, you know, like huge, it take 10 people to lift it. And uh, to that ring, as it were, there are horses all kind of harnessed. And I, I have no idea how you harness a horse, but there's a horse tied onto this. Okay, as you look from above, this is what I, I think the Lord showed me, that we are lots of energy all going over the, all over the place. If you, if you imagine, so the horse going that way and a horse going that way, a horse that way, a horse that way, all of those kind of things. And in effect, all that energy that's happening is neutralizing the movement of everybody else. Does that make sense? Because as, as a strong horse pulls that way and a strong horse pulls that way, that nothing moves. There's neutralization. But what I sense from the Lord, and this is a good thing, is that when we gather around a vision, all of our horses, as it were, that's all of us, we all start going in the same direction. All of that energy, good people doing good things in the same direction is what's going to bring breakthrough. I really do believe that. You know, we can keep, continue being neutral, but I believe God wants us to move forward. And so if you imagine, again, looking at this picture of all the horses all coming in the right direction, that is the kind of direction that we are going on. It regulates our activities, it calls us to action, and it helps us to reposition ourselves for God's purposes better in the future.